thank you, church. We are a church family, and we all support each other. And sometimes it's as easy as praying for someone. Easy as that. Easy as that. Let's open our Bibles and look chapter 19. And we are going to talk about a parable. And this parable, it is important for each one of us. Luke chapter 19, verse 11. Luke chapter 19, verse 11. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable. Because he was near Jerusalem. And the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. If you go back in your Bible, chapter 18, chapter 17, all 19, you are going to realize that Jesus is moving from one place to another. He's going through Samaria and Galilee. He's going through Jericho, not staying there. He's just passing through. And he's going all the way to Jerusalem. Through all that way, many things happen. Many parables are said by Jesus. Tell, I mean, he's telling many parables to the people. But then he comes to this parable. Because something important was about to happen. Or people were th was thinking that something important was about to happen. That's why he tells this parable. If I read the verse again, it says... While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem. When you are close to a place and you know that in that place is going to happen something, you get all excited. When I was coming to this country, I wasn't excited. I was getting nervous, but I was excited because I was coming to this country. When you get close to a place... It means that not only the proximity get you, I mean, get you excited, but also the time frame. Can you drive faster? So we get there faster. They all were getting excited, and Jesus knew about that. So because of that reason, and because of the reason they had was that they were thinking that the kingdom of heaven was supposed to be happening at once, the Bible says. Meaning that suddenly something is going, once he, he, he touches Jerusalem, he said something magnificent, and everything suddenly changes. The Roman Empire is not there anymore, and the Messiah is there to take care of business. Again, he said this parable because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. I'm going to tell you something. When I was reading this passage, I was thinking a little bit, or a lot, let's put it that way, about myself, and about you, and about many other Adventists around. Isn't that the kingdom of heaven is coming soon for us? Isn't that the second coming is around the corner, and we are getting all excited because that day is coming, and it's here? Isn't that we wanted for that day to happen so fast? Come on, let's do, let's do something about it because it's around the corner. Well, I was thinking maybe this message is for you and me. Because we all get excited that it's coming. 
And Jesus was having something in mind for that people back then. And maybe this message is also for us. Verse number 12. He said, A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. Do you remember a parable close to this one? Remember Matthew? There's a parable about someone going away and giving, and we're going to keep reading, giving something to the servants. We keep reading. Verse number 13. So he called ten of his servants and gave ten, I, I'm sorry, and gave them ten minas. But this money, or put this money to work, he said, until I come back. I'm going to stop there for a few seconds. This story is equal, but not the same. Sorry, it's similar, but not the same to the one in Matthew. That this person who is wealthy lives and he calls three of the servants and give money, remember? Give something for them to work with. The only difference between these two stories is that the, the, uh, the two stories that is that in Matthew, he gives different amounts of money according to what they can handle. And here, he gives the equal amount of money to everyone. He calls 10 servants and he gives 10 minus. So when you have 10, definitely you are going to think, wait, is he giving 4 to 1? No, he can't give 4 to 1. He's calling 10. Everybody knows that he's giving 1 to each one. And what's a minus? If you read your bulletin, I believe even Suzanne did some research. What's a minus? You read, I think it's at the bottom of the calendar, right? What's a minus? Just read it there, really fast. A minus is a what? About equivalent of three months wages. I mean, a salary, a three months, a three months salary. Some people say it's 120 days. Some other one says it's 90 days. But it's equal. Everybody almost said it's equal to three months. Now you will say, well, how much is that? And I'm not going to do this thing. Well, you take a mine and you compare that to this much at these days. It's not that. So I did my own thing here. I searched a little bit about... Uh, uh, how much some people in this country make. And it's an average. It's not something that, that, wow, pastor, that's too low or that's too high. It's an average because everybody, you know, they make different. And I have here that a financial consultant or analyst, sorry, can make about 47000 a year. Maybe in California they make more. Maybe in New York they make more. I don't know. $47,000 a year. If you divide that, by 12, that's $3,900 a month. If it is a three-month payment, okay, you're talking about $11,700. I mean, what would you do with $11,700 if I give you? Right now, especially at these times, at this moment, like, wow, whoa, 11000 If you talk about an architect who makes around $42,000, it's like giving him 10500 if you talk to a civil engineer who makes maybe around 68000 it's like giving 17000 in your hand. There it is. What are you going to do? Man, seventeen. Do I invest it in a car? Do I invest, what, what, what should I do? 17000 
What can you do with 17,000? We are here not talking, but Pastor, 17, come on, these days, oh, 17,000 is 17,000. And he calls these 10 servants, and he says, hey, you all, all 10, okay, I have these 10 minors, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Have you added the money right there? Like having 17,000, 10,000, like, oh, okay, I'm going. I'm going away to receive my crown. I'm going to be called, after I come back, a king. But, and I'm going to reread that again. Verse number 13. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minus, put this money to work, he said, until I come back. You have to do something with that money. Some people like to read these stories and say, this is about the talents and the gifts that the Lord is giving you. No, it's not about that. What is it then? Some people who study this part, they said, you know what is it? Seems to be that he is talking about the kingdom of God. The gospel. I want you to go with me back. To chapter 17, verse 20. Chapter 17, verse 20. The same book. Look. Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God will come, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation. Nor will people say, Here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Interesting when you read. You are not going to find the kingdom of God. You're not going to find the true. You're not gonna, going to find the true gospel, the thing that you need to know with careful, says careful what? Careful observation. Let's see. Is the kingdom of God reflected? Is the gospel reflected? And Brother Lou, his masters are too big. He's smiling too much. He's scared. Kind of like wavy and curly. I don't know. Is the kingdom of God reflected in Claire? Is the kingdom of God reflected in you, sister? You look at me too serious. You have those glasses. Kind of like you are looking. You are, you are what? You are serious. You're not going to find the kingdom of God with careful searching, with careful observation. And isn't that what we do sometimes? We try to look when the kingdom of God is going to be here because we look exactly what happened. The other day somebody said, Pastor, do you know that those little machines that you have, the little the digital thing that now you use for TV because you can't get any signal? Be careful. Why? Because the government is going to use us soon to try to find out what are you doing all this time. And he's going to try to control you control your family, control television, and then the end will be here. I'm here, okay, I love you too, brother. Sometimes we pay so careful observation to everything, but the kingdom of God, says the Bible, is not going to be there. And then in that verse, Jesus said the kingdom of God 
the kingdom of God is there, it's within you. Maybe that's why sometimes we can't find it. Because we're looking around and we're not looking where we need to be looking. Let's keep reading. Now go back to the, to the verse that we have for the sermon today. So he said, put this money to work until I come back. What is he trying to tell his servants? What is he trying to tell you and me today? What day is today? August, huh? September 19, almost 12 at noon, almost noon. What is he trying to tell me? Put this money to work. If that one amount, as people said, people who studied, they said it is the gospel, that's one thing that is equal to everybody. You need the gospel, you need the gospel, I need the gospel, we all need the gospel. If it's that one thing, precious thing, that you have it, and you have to work with that and do something about it, maybe he's trying to tell me that says that you have found the gospel and you have received the truth in your hands, it's time for you to do something with that truth. And he's being specific. I want you to work with that. But, 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 Pastor, I already know the truth. I've been already in the church for so many years. Come on, I'm rich. I know the gospel. So? But, 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 but I need a break. So? That sounds bad, huh? But God is saying, Jesus Christ is saying, I want you to work with them. Now let's keep reading. But these subjects hated. Some other translations not only say subjects, but they also said, um, other than subjects, they said, but the citizens or the neighbors. And some people said this part is not talking about the, the, the people who are receiving the money, but the people who live around, oh, sorry, and the land that this wealthy person owns. But these subjects, Oh, sorry, but his subjects, verse 14, hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. No reason at all. They don't give a reason why they hate him, but they hate him. Now, it's not saying that these people don't agree with him. They hate him. What do you do when you hate someone? Do you hate me, Ned? Who hates me? Do you hate me, Jim? No, Pastor, no. Do you hate me? Do you? What do you do when you hate someone? These people hate him. We keep reading. Verse number 15. He was made king, however. He's like saying, who cares? Doesn't matter what they think. He was made king. And returned home. Then he sent for his servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they have gained with it. Verse number 16. Number one. The first one came and said, Sir, your miner has earned ten more. How much is that? I was thinking. How much is that? Ten more. If three months of wages 
Uh, let's talk about the guy who makes more money here in my list, at least. 68,000, which is 17,000 in three months. By 10 times 10, $170,000. He even made more than he was making a year. $170,000. Man, I want to have a worker like that. There is a miner. When I come back, and doesn't say how long he went away. He says a far country. He come back. <coughs> you give me, how much was? You give me uh, 17000 Here is 170000 Wow. Wow. I will get excited. What do you think? You will get excited with a person like that? Everybody's quiet. It's okay. Because we don't really mind if you, don't, if you get excited or not to some point. I do mind that here the person that is talking gets excited. And he says, verse number 17, well done, my good servant. And that's an exclamation. Well done, my good servant. You're so good. Like I say, sometimes we don't get excited. Like, yeah, 170,000, big deal. 170,000, you didn't have it before. He gets excited. Well done, my servant, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy, very small matter, take charge of ten cities. Now, the verse is really going with what you and I think. Pastor, 170,000, that's not a big deal. And he realized that. He said, say that you were worthy in a very small matter. It's not saying in a small, like Mary, I mean, sorry, very tiny, small matter. 770,000 for all the things that I have, it's nothing. But because of that, I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave you in charge of 10 cities. And then the next one, verse number 17, sorry, 18, the second came and sir, your miner has earned half of 170,000. Matt, how much is that? 85,000. Well, here the king doesn't really say like, whoa, how exciting. But look at this. He said, his master answered, you take charge of five cities. Not like, well done. But then here we come. This is the interesting. Verse number uh, uh, 16 says the first one came. Verse number 18 says the second one came. First one, second, that's a position, that's a number. They give, I mean, he's giving him numbers, positions. But then when number three out of the ten comes, he says, then another servant. He's not saying then the third one comes. No, another one comes. He's like, now it's not really that important. Then another one comes and said, sir, <clears throat> here is your mind. Your, sorry, your mina, I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth, you know, so that way, you know, nothing happened to that one. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not what? So. And that's why you have the title. 
he froze that money. He froze himself. Oh, he's a hard man. I'm not going to do anything. And you know what? You have to realize this. How did he realize that he was a hard man? The first one didn't say anything about it. He worked for it. The second one didn't say anything about it. He did work for it. It's only this one that comes and starts saying, you are a hard man. Do you think that probably this person was listening to verse number one? Which one is? Verse number 14. When everybody else was saying, don't vote for him. We don't want him as a king. Maybe he was listening too much to those other ones and not doing the job. To the point that when he came, the king came, he didn't have anything. Only his money like this. Like, there it is. I didn't do anything. I remember. I mentioned to you that I was by by many dogs when I was young. That was, I don't know if it was a talent, a gift. You call it whatever you want. But they always follow me and they always bite me. And... It was difficult sometimes, you know, to be on a bike, to be running or do something. They come these dogs out of nowhere, and they bite me. But I learned something, and people try to teach me something. They said this, when they come and they want to bite you, you freeze. You don't move. You just stay there. And I remember doing that. I remember one day, you know, this dog, it was a big dog coming with another little one. You know, just these dogs are funny. Sometimes you have these big dogs ah, barking, and then the little ones, they come behind. You know, because they think, okay, the big one is barking. I'm going to take care of business here. Whatever. And I remember when I saw that dog, and I stopped. And I did have some in my hand, but I didn't use it. And my friend was like, move. Like, the dog. And the dog came close to me and started doing something, sniffing. And I stayed there. It was easy, like a minute, two minutes, three minutes, staying there, waiting for the dog to leave. And I remember when the dog started leaving little by little because nothing exciting is happening here. I was moving slowly and slowly, and the dog turned around and ran. I ran. First, before running, I stayed there. And I was sometimes shaking, like. Why? Because you see the dog so close to you, smelling, sniffing around, that you are afraid that it's going to just bite you, but you're not doing anything. And this person did very much the same thing. He said he was afraid. He said, he, you know, you are a hard man, and you get things out of the things that you don't even provide. You just, you know, you just, you just want to things done. So that's why I haven't done anything. And here I am. They didn't move. Oh, sorry, he didn't move. He froze. My question is this. If, that's, if that minor is the gospel, as we know it as Adventists, what are we doing with? Are we doing something 
or we are probably thinking, no, 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 no. You know, Jesus Christ is asking for too much. He doesn't understand that I'm busy working. He doesn't understand that I'm busy studying. I have to be somebody in life. He doesn't under, He just doesn't understand. What are you and me doing with the gospel? The one thing, the one precious thing that he's giving you and me in my hands and your hands, and we have to do something with that. Are we, are going, are, are we taking it home and just, there is the gospel, beautiful gospel. Gospel. That even sounds really good. Let me touch the gospel. We have to do something with the gospel. You see, God has given you, he has given you something so precious that many people out there are waiting to hear from you. That many people out there are waiting to just be shared by you and me. But the question again, what are we doing with that gospel? The Bible says, if I keep reading here, I'm fast now. I have to move fast. The Bible said, verse number 22, his master replied after hearing what he said, I will judge you by your own words. Okay, you said I was really hard. You said I was a stubborn man. Now listen, I'm going to judge you by your own words. You wicked servant. You knew, did you? You knew that I am a hard man taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I come back, I could have collected with interest. He got caught in the lie. You see, this passage is not about your talents. This passage is not about your gifts. This passage is about a gospel that is being given to you. And if you said, you know what, Christ, you're asking for way too much. I can't handle all of that. So I'm going to just keep it for me, and I'm going to, when you come back, Lord, on the second day, the second coming, I'm going to give it back to you. There is the gospel that you give me. I just keep it in such a nice and warm place here with me. I didn't share it, so I don't have any more. It's not going to work. Because he's going to be saying, you are wicked. You are a liar. You didn't do the work because you thought it was difficult or maybe I was hard. All the things that I have done, I mean, it's not that maybe you haven't done the work because we are lazy. Maybe you haven't done the work because you don't have time for me. Now that's harsh. That's harsh. You know, the Bible keeps saying, verse number 24, then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give one 
who has 10 minus. They said, he already has 10. He replied, I told you that to everyone who has more will be given. I repeat that. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. Read that passage again. Is he implying that you don't have anything? Or he's implying that you have something? I'm going to repeat. I tell you that to everyone who has more will be given. Sorry. Everyone who has more will be given. But as far, sorry, as for the one who has nothing, until there you think, okay, he doesn't have nothing, even what he has will be taken away. Does he have something at the end or not? He does have something. At first says, even if that one who doesn't have nothing, everything will be taken away. Seems to be that this person who thinks he doesn't have anything, he's not worth it, he doesn't have the gospel, he doesn't have anything to share, at the end, all those things, because you are lying and I'm lying to myself, everything is, is going to be taken away from you and me because we are not doing what we are supposed to be doing. Now that's harsh. Who likes to preach about that? You ask me, Pastor, you like to preach about that? I don't. What do you like to preach? I like to preach about hope, about, about grace, about the, uh, the Jesus Christ coming. But this thing, it makes me wonder, church. It makes me wonder because the message is clear here for you and me. Until Jesus comes for the second time, other than being looking around for other things to do or preach, you and me, the first thing we need to do is do the work. And the work is to preach the gospel. And the gospel is Jesus Christ who came to die for you and me. And we can be saved through him. And our sins can be forgiven through him. And people are waiting outside for that. They are eager to find someone coming to them and saying, look, this is what you need to know. Because he's coming soon. But don't worry about that, that he's coming soon. Worry about you accepting Christ as your Savior. Asking for forgiveness. Being there for him. We need to work, brothers and sisters. We need to work. And he's not being specific in what you have to do to work. He's not being specific of going around knocking at doors. He's not being specific of doing any specific things or giving magazines or just going to the park and preach or hijack an airplane like that pastor last Sabbath that I said to just give the message. He's not being specific. Because he's giving according to this parable, giving the money to them. Just like that. And said, work with it. How? I'm not telling you how. 
and you are going to find people said, no, that's not a way to preach the gospel. He's not telling you how to preach the gospel. He's telling you, do something with that and do it. It's time to do something with that. And if you, oh, after all this time, you're thinking, you know, I have done. Maybe it's time to remind, to remember again, do something with that. Let's do something with that gospel. Isn't that a precious message? Is that, isn't that value more than anything that you own or I own? Isn't that greater than anything? I mean, even that the happiest place on this earth? Well, I'm talking about Disneyland. Don't pay attention to the phone. Everybody's looking at it. Don't look at the phone. God has given you and me, all of us, one precious thing. And you have it, brother. That's why you are here. But don't get quiet about it. Don't ever stop working. Don't ever start saying, it's time for me to take a break. Don't ever say, you know what? I'm going to just not do anything because already all my years of being young, I did it. No. You and me, we are together in this. You and me have received something great, something that is true, something that needs to be true today. I also want to go to heaven. And to tell the truth, at the end, we know that after a thousand years, we're not even going to stay there. We're going to go where? Come back here. I also want to just finish the job and do what we have to do. I want to be in that place. But the kingdom of heaven and the gospel starts making real, it starts being real in me and now. It's time not to start, not to keep preaching only, be prepared because he's coming. No, now you have to change and be prepared now. You have to change your life now. God wants to help you. And salvation is around the corner. And the gospel is there for you to touch. It's time to work. Don't give up. Because I don't want to be the one that at the end is going to be taken away. And at the same time, verse number 27, which I'm not going to spend that much time, believe me. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. Do we teach that to our kids? Hey, this, I have a wonderful story. All these people are going to be killed in front of the king. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them. Do you have a king? Do we say we have a king, right? Do we say, I mean, we have a savior. We say we have, we have the truth. It's like when Lou was saying here about the welcome. Let's hug, but not kiss. 
No, which I know. That's good. I know what one. But I was laughing. I said, okay, let's, let's do half of the truth, only hugging. But we know why. But, brothers and sisters, if we have a king, let him lead us. Let him take control of our lives. Let him, the king, do something for us and stop listening to everybody else. Stop working because, I mean, so stop thinking that you have to work or you don't have to work because everybody else, somebody, no. Brothers and sisters, keep working, spreading the gospel. Because the gospel of these days is very much the truth, if you know, just the same thing that it was true back in those days. And people need to hear about this more now than probably then. And not only because we are living the last days, but also because people have necessities out there, real necessities. God bless you. God bless this church. God bless each one of you. Because it's not an easy thing. And let's just let the king be real, a real king in our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you because you have such a good parables like this one. Maybe with a bloody ending, but parable that at the end you hope that is going to make us realize what we do and how we do it. Help us realize oh Lord that until the day that you come for the second time we have to do our job. We really have to do our Help us not to stop. Help us not to find anything to get in the way. Help us to organize our lives so we can do what we have to do. Help us not to give up. Thank you, Lord, because you are giving us this huge and great opportunity for us to grow and to be blessed. Help us to be a blessing to others in this city, in this neighborhood. Help us to be a blessing to others in this church. And help us not to listen to anything else other than your command. Work until the day I come. In Jesus' name, I want to ask all of this.